You're listening to Being Well with BU, a Bournemouth University podcast. Hello and welcome to the first in our series of Wellbeing podcasts. We're going to be talking about all things well-being and mental health in this series. I'm your host Ella and I'm joined by my co-hosts and resident BU experts in all things mental health and well-being, Kerri-Ann Randall. Hello. And Karen Butters. Hi. much for um, agreeing to take part in this ladies uh, it's really brilliant to have you um, if we could just get you guys to to introduce yourselves and, and tell us what your kind of background and expertise is that would be fab perhaps if we start with you Karen okay so I'm uh, the head of health safety and well-being um, predominantly staff focused but work with carry a lot on joint areas across the campus I've been uh, at the university now for five years. Uh, Before that, I spent some time in local government. And my team lead on making sure that we work in safe and healthy environments and do what we can to, uh, you know, support well-being. Lovely. Thank you. And Kerry? Hi. So I'm the head of student support and well-being, and um, I've only been in post since February last year, so I'm relatively new to the university. Before that, I had um, many years experience working in local government, same as Karen. And so this is uh, my first post in HE, but bringing with that a wealth of experience of uh, working with and supporting organisations around learning of children and people and adults. My main sort of responsibilities are around student support. So uh, Karen and I deliver a a training session for staff, but um, the teams that I oversee are the uh, the additional learning support service, student support and engagement, the uh, NHS wellbeing that we commission the counselling sessions and our out of hours duty service as well as faith and reflection as well. Quite a wide remit for both of you isn't it? Indeed. Okay so um, we're obviously recording this podcast um, in the middle of a global pandemic and that's kind of our um, our drive for, for creating this series um, because it's quite a difficult time for a lot of people for um, a whole range of different reasons, um, whether that be because they've lost their job or um, they're struggling having children at home and having to homeschool or um, whether like me, they're just feeling not quite their normal selves. So I'm very lucky to still have my job and I'm incredibly grateful for that. But, you know, I've been feeling a bit more down than usual. Um, I've been feeling not quite as productive as I normally would be. Um, and, you know, just not feeling quite myself. And I know from speaking to colleagues and friends, um, both uh, that I work with across the university um, and friends in my personal life, that people seem to all be feeling kind of the same, just not quite themselves. Why are we all feeling like that at the moment? Uh, so, A, I think we need to expect to feel different. I think for all of us, this is uh, something that we weren't expecting. And for many, it has turned their world simply upside down. So people who uh, are used to coming into work, coming onto campus, going about their lives in in a very structured way, um, are anxious, are anxious about what's happening in the world, anxious about maybe, you know, partners and loved ones 
who they're unable to be around. Um, anxious about colleagues, uh, anxious about the future of the university, maybe. You know, things are, are very different now and they're going to be different, I think, in the future. Um, and then you've got a group of staff maybe who already were anxious about things. And, and so, you know, if, if they've got an underlying mental health condition, this is having a significant impact. Um, and we need to be uh, aware of that and kind around that. So, for example, lots of the work we've been doing since uh, lockdown has been messaging and, you know, making sure that we're getting uh, the right tone in our messaging. I'm very aware that email and sometimes even virtual technology doesn't give us the richness of face-to-face -face connection. And uh, we we need to be very uh, aware of how our messages are being received. And for some, you know, who are, as you said, jugg juggling, you know, maybe partners whose, whose jobs have been affected, whose livelihood have been affected, children at home, homeschooling. You know, for some, that is a significant stretch from what they were expecting to be doing through some of March and all of April. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I think it's around. So I think for me, um, it's the unknown. So similar to, to what Karen has mentioned, but actually we, we don't know what's going to happen. We are sort of dependent on reading the news or, or hearing other people's opinions. And, and, and sometimes, you know, that can be very, very unsettling for, for all of us. Um, our structures have disappeared. You know, we, we had something that we were, you know, we were sort of solid with. We knew we would get up in the morning. We would then either start to study or we would go to lectures or we'd go to work. And that's kind of disappeared overnight. Um, it's quite hard to recreate that same um, direction of, of purpose um, when you're at home, when you're actually living, working, studying in the same environment. Yeah, I think I found that myself. I'm pretty good at self-motivating, or at least I certainly felt like I used to be. Um, but losing the structure of going to work, I certainly think has affected my productivity. And I think, yeah, it's it's the unknown and it's the change, isn't it? It's it's a very um, out of control situation. There's not much that we can actually do in our lives to to control the wider situation that's affecting all of us. And that's quite um, probably quite an unsettling feeling for people. I think um, Kerry's right in terms of the messaging that's coming out from central government and the news. And it's really hard to find news items or things on TV that are uh, positive. And, and I was listening to a really interesting webinar a couple of weeks ago where someone said, it's about balance. So trying to find, okay, get, getting yourself educated in terms of what's going on out there, but then trying to balance negative thoughts with a kind of a, but however. So, you know, this is happening, not seeing friends, not seeing loved ones, not socializing in the way we are not feeling like we're contributing but however uh, and then adding in your your own narrative and I, and I think that's really really important that, that we keep we keep that balance yeah I say that's right that's um a really good point so what are kind of some of the things that you guys might have been doing to keep yourselves um to keep yourself balanced to keep yourselves positive um, and what should we all be doing from a mental health perspective to keep ourselves as well as we can in this time? 
If, if I can just answer that in a, I guess, a sort of caveat or a health warning, as it were, because I think there's a lot at the moment around social media about what we can do and what other people are doing. And, um, you know, people are going for running and they're jogging and they're learning new skills and they're, they're sort of baking cakes. And there's this big sort of anticipation, but also ex expectation that all of a sudden we become these, you know, th these human beings who have this real kind of like connection to their well-being. And we have this, you know, this, th this, this, this thirst and this desire to learn a new skill. For some people, they don't, and that's okay. And so I think whatever support, whatever advice and guidance that we can give around what's good for our well-being, just want to sort of put it out there that, you know, this is what suits me, this is what suits Karen, this is what might suit you. But for some people, you know, it will be different things. But also, if there isn't anything that supports your well-being, or if actually this is something that you just don't want to talk about because you're fed up of people telling you that you should be aware of your well-being, that's okay too. It's um, I think we, we've almost become in danger of, of sort of overdoing the whole well-being by being so determined that everybody must have a conversation about it. And and for some, they just, you know, they're OK and, and just let, let them be. I think that's a really good point. And I think on the kind of subject of social media and, and people doing things for their well-being and to fill their time, I certainly have felt I felt less productive during this time than I would otherwise be I'm quite a creative person I normally paint I haven't picked a paintbrush in the last six weeks and I don't feel like I can and I know a lot of people are perhaps feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that other people seem to be doing through social media and how productive they're being um so yeah I think it's absolutely right we don't have to be productive during this time it's totally fine if all that you can do is do not very much and I think yeah there does seem to be this pressure to learn new skills and do new things and and be creative or, or bake or whatever um that perhaps isn't helpful to some people I think you're right I think we need to um uh you know make it okay just to stay in your pajamas it's all right to do that you know um it's not okay to do it every day all day long um unless obviously you taking part in the podcast because that's perfectly okay um however you know you must you mustn't feel uh bad about not achieving some of the things that Kerry was talking about and you were talking about you know we all we all are reacting very differently we are different you know if we were the same it'd be such a boring bland place and um you know it, we, there's a there's a term that we're starting to use more increasingly Thank goodness, because I was getting fed up with ramping up, to be honest with you. But um, this is kind of new normal. And and there's a danger in that, too, um, because, you know, what's normal for some is not normal for others. But if it's if it's there to demonstrate how we will live and, and work in the future, that's fine. But we need to be really careful about language. There was um, a TV ad that I was looking at over the weekend, and I've seen it a couple of times now. And it's, um, it's, a, it's an ad for a, a national bank who are asking people to give themselves um, or, or to narrate what they want to tell themselves in six months time. And um, th this woman who struck a chord with me when she said, um, this is the time we ask, how are you? And actually mean it. And I thought that's fantastic because I think the whole thing about be kind and we've had the campaigns about be kind after the um, after sort of Caroline Fleck's death. And that was sort of, you know, surging up there and everyone was being wonderful to each other. And then it dropped off. 
And um, I think that the difference with the current situation that we're in is that people genuinely do mean it when they say, how are you? It's a really powerful question that has all of a sudden come into its, into its own. I'd, I'd agree. Some of the, um, the guidance that we saw when we first went into lockdown about virtual meetings and, you know, having that kind of well-being check at the beginning, um, we need to hold on to that. You know, uh, you know, truly, I've, I've been inspired by some of the people that I've seen and spoken to through these weeks who who have said, so how are you? How's your family? You know, how, how, how's it going? How is everybody? And, and unless you have a really close working relationship with someone, you don't have those conversations. And yet it's fantastic when someone starts or ends, depending on how they work, a conversation to say, so how are things at home for you? You know, emails, I'm sending emails that start with, you know, hope this email finds you safe and well. Well, isn't that a good thing to say? And, you know, without without it becoming twee and people kind of, you know, mocking it, it it's it's something that we need to take forward, definitely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And something that I've observed as well is it seems like people are giving more genuine answers to those questions. You know, it's, you might say, a, hi, how are you? And passing to somebody and get a, fine you kind of response back um perhaps in normal times but i'm seeing people genuinely taking the time to to give a really honest response which i think is really nice um and that's not always a good positive response sometimes it's a, actually i've had a really rubbish day and i'm feeling a bit flat but um those conversations seem to be quite um cathartic for people at the moment which is really nice i think so um and i think it goes back to our sort of point on on well-being and around what people should be doing or feel they should be doing and uh, and, and being kind. Um, it's, it's an interesting sort of concept that um, we're in lockdown and we're trying to support each other. And there is this kind of risk of it being very um, ingen- ingenuous. I think if that's the word ingenuous. Yes. Um, and, and, and how sometimes in the past we might have just asked that sort of question, you know, how are you? And not really meant it, not really waited for the answer. Um, I'm talking to people at the moment that I've, I don't even know, strangers that I see in the street when I'm going out for a walk and just saying, good morning, how are you? And, and actually people are stopping and sort of answering it in a way that is more meaningful. Um, that's 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 going to be interesting to, to see whether that lasts um, in the future or whether actually, you know, we have uh, shorter memories and things go back to how they used to be. I'd like to think some of the um, feelings, emotions and sort of thoughts and behaviours that we're having at the moment will will continue because, you know, actually it's been really quite sort of um, heartening. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really nice, um, really nice effect of of this fairly tough time. Um, And yeah, I, I do hope a lot of that continues that would be a wonderful thing to come out of this um so on the subject of um thoughts and behaviors uh would you guys be able to share some of the ways that you're thinking about this situation that you're finding helpful sadly there are so many people in much much worse situations than than us and that's incredibly sad thousands have lost their lives thousands have lost loved ones People have been poorly, you know, who didn't expect to be poorly. And so I think we need to hold on to that for those of us who are lucky enough to be well, for those of us who are lucky enough so far, touching wood, that family members and loved ones are are staying safe and staying well. 
I think that's a that's a massive thing to wake up with every morning. And yes, lockdown has its challenges. And yes, we all know people who are really, really affected. You know, some of our some of our colleagues are really struggling with this whole process. Um, but if we can find a positive and hold on to that, then then that's my way. You know, it's not about being smug that I'm okay, and it, it's nothing like that. It's it's true sense of others are going through such a rough time and and if i can if i can show some kindness in the way that i operate albeit from a distance either you know with with colleagues or with delivery drivers or you know whatever whatever is going on around me um then it seems a bit selfish to be holding on to that as a positive thing but i think if more people do that then then you know we'll we'll get by I think for me, um, one of the things that I am do, I'm consciously doing more of is acknowledging other people's distress or other people's feelings. Um, and it's quite difficult sometimes when you've got a very either angry person you know, as, as the other person, whether it's on the phone or whether it's on a, a Teams meeting or something. And you can you can see that they're frustrated and they're quite cross with with the message that you're delivering or with, with the, the conversation that you're having. And I think I'm certainly more conscious now about being aware of how the other person is feeling and why um, that's causing them to be cross. It's not personal. And I think that, that the risk is we, we take things very personal when we're talking to other people. Um, but but the other one of the things that I've learned, as well as being more conscious about how other people are feeling and just trying to, to be patient with their emotions and their behaviours towards you, is um, is actually talking and talking you know asking people how they are often will lead into um them telling you actually right now it's pretty shit um i don't know whether i'm allowed to say that so this may be edited out but um but but that's the reality and, and it's that's okay and, and then to talk to them about well what are you doing and and do you have contact with anyone are you talking to people have you got somewhere that you can go and have a walk or just sit outside and be um and and i think talking is is they've always said talking is um is a great healer it's so true it's so true when you've got an issue if, you've, if you're feeling anxious if you're feeling uncertain talking about it rather than just reading into maybe an email or something that's been sent to you or something that's been said just talk about it you know this is how it made me feel and, and I'm just wondering whether I've got that right is a really good way of just checking in and checking out that actually um what's causing you distress um, is actually warranted or whether actually you've just misinterpreted what somebody else has said to you. Yeah, I think those are both really good points. Um, I know I've been finding uh, talking to my colleagues um, quite, not just an enjoyable experience, it's always an enjoyable experience for me to, to chat to my colleagues, they're all lovely, but um, it's it's helpful to my well-being. It's, it's, um, it's keeping me that little bit, more positive every day to have that that interaction with people and to reflect on things um in that way with them yeah i I think we can we can become very functional you know when we're when we're in work when we're thinking about work it's about process outcome and that's that's absolutely right and there's a place for that always but i think this has taught me that the connection is the important thing you know that the, the communication the connection and that is you know I have to be honest the thought of video conferencing 
back at the beginning of March for the rest of the, you know, the foreseeable was not one of my favourite things um, because I think I'm, I, I function better face to face with people, but that's not now achievable. But actually, when I compare some of the the richness of face to face virtual meetings compared to just an email message or, you know, so I think the connection bit, we need to bring up the agenda. Um, yes, of course, function, output, agreement to do certain things, move things forward project wise has a place. But I think it's the connections that make it happen. That's brilliantly put, Karen. Um particularly around the sort of, you know, the, the importance of connection. And, and maybe that's something that we need to start um, raising awareness of more um, in, in the, the power that that brings with it. And I'm not saying that, you know, listen, for some people, for their well-being, you know, they like to run. They, they like to go for a cycle. They like to to go and do a, a workout or a sort of, you know, a virtual workout, whatever it is. And for, for them, if that is something that that really gets you motivated and gets you, you know, um, gets all of your sort of, you know, adrenaline out, then that's brilliant. But, you know, if you're not a runner, if you're not uh, somebody who likes to, to do a workout, if you're not somebody who likes to sweat, then that's okay too, you know. And, and I think on the sort of practical steps, there is a, a menu of what works for some people and it won't work for everybody. So look at that menu, look at the offer, whether that is, you know, making a nice meal or whether that is just reading a book, all of the, you know, everyone will have their own ways of um, of managing. And the one thing that I would recommend, if um, if people do feel up, you know, able to, is just keep a note of what works. Keep a note of how you're feeling. You know, if if you are feeling particularly distressed, write it down. You know, reflect back on it. Write it down, and and then you can look back on it and think, gosh, you know, that period of time um, was really challenging. But I can see what really works for me is switching off completely and you know watching you know some series on Netflix something that just takes me and lets me escape from the current situation and and that will be just as as helpful as a you know five mile jog yeah I think you're totally right there's a lot out there about kind of what that feels like it's kind of reinventing the wheel on in terms of people's individual steps to to feeling okay um but if reading a book is what makes you happy, then reading a book will probably still be what makes you happy. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're completely right as well, Karen, in terms of um, connection. I There's something about text and email and, and just words that isn't quite as personal as speaking to somebody face-to-face via a camera, which is a little weird, but... I know for me, I set my granddad up with Zoom virtually, which was a nightmarish task, I have to say, um, coaching him through that on the phone. But now we can talk and see each other and it's a deeper level of connection. And that's hugely beneficial to both of us, I think. And for me, one of the things that does help me in my normal non-pandemic life is talking to my family. And so to do that virtually through FaceTime or through Zoom or whatever um, platform I use, it, it's actually really helping. And no, it's not quite the same as the real thing, going and sitting at my mum's house and having Sunday dinner, but it's a pretty good alternative that's that's working for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the, one of the things that's happened in my kind of um, personal life, I suppose, is, is that, that connection, that family thing. Um, you know, albeit from a distance, my, most of my family aren't aren't local. Um, but 
I'm starting to hear parts of conversations that are, we need to make more of our time together and you know when all this is over. And I, I don't underestimate that that's going to be as hard coming out of this as it was going in. So that, you know, let's not, let's not pretend that there's going to be sunshine one day and we'll all be sort of skipping through the park. But I think what it has, it has done is reinforced for many family members that actually when we are busy, it's quite easy to, to just say, actually, can I get back to you? Or I'll give you a call tomorrow. Or can we cancel that weekend? Can we come another time? But actually, you know, the, the richness of that, the importance of that, um, I think will make things better. Um, however, you know, I'm also aware that there are people living in families right now that are not happy and, and are and are struggling. Um, you know, being together sometimes isn't isn't positive and you know anything we can do to support that is is clearly uh, something that we need to do quite quickly just on that point um carolyn i'm just thinking from a student's perspective and i've got a my son is returned from university and where he's used to being living independently and going out when he wants to go out eat when he wants to eat um and, and it's quite hard going back to what was your previous either a family home or a flat you shared with others whatever you've you've come from to, to live at university going back is another adjustment that you know you have to make it's not the same um it's not the same in you know you might start out with it being very uh, amicable and it's great because you've got everything there that you remembered and there's that familiarity but actually for, for some who've outgrown the role they used to have in in that home um and now what they're, they're finding is actually, you know, it's the little things that trigger these sort of arguments um, because, you know, you start by adjusting and, and, you know, accepting and then you work through sort of compromise and then compromise goes out the window and it turns into, you know, small little arguments. And, and, and it's just, I guess what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say is that, you know, we're all making adjustments regardless of, of where we are now. Um, and it's OK for that to be difficult. Um, it's normal for that to be difficult. Um, but as, as Karen has said, you know, we are here to support students. We're here to support staff and colleagues. And we've got some great advice on our, our website. Um, but, but if that's not something you're looking for, you know, give, give one of the sort of teams a call because, you know, talking about what it is that's causing you stress or distress, um, we might come up with something that, you know, it isn't advertised on our website or isn't something that we, would advise everybody. So I guess um, you're not alone. We're here for you. The university is still operating, you know, remotely as as it would be if you were on campus or if you're in your workplace. Um, and and we're here to help. But um, but that message of it's okay because this is an adjustment for all of us, um, and we're all managing that differently at different times. Good days, bad days. Thank you for listening to Being Well with DU. You can find more Bournemouth University podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from, or for more information, help and support, visit us online at www.bournemouth.ac.uk.